What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 415th episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. I'm your host, SBJ. With me, Greg. Hello. It is I, here again. I'm tired, y'all. <laughs> I woke up from a nap. You better not be tired. We got a lot to talk about. I, well, I'm excited to talk about it. You just need to give me a moment to rev back up. I took a lovely nap beforehand so I could be back at full power to face the slings and arrows of the Pokemon fans <laughs> outraged by the tragedy that happened on Wednesday. The national nightmare continues. Oh, dear. <laughs> Ang angry Pokemon fan Will also here. Oh, I ain't angry. I love it. I love it. I thought Greg just said his name was Pierre, which is yeah. odd. We oui. also, strangely enough, I'm wearing joggers for the first time ever. Ooh, you joined that sweatpants life. I mean, no, 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 no. Take a step back, youngster. <laughs> like, excuse youngster me, youngster Joey. Uh, I've been wearing sweatpants for a long time. These are joggers, <laughs> right? Joggers are incredibly uncomfortable sweatpants. Oh, I didn't. Why know are different. you wearing them? Because I had them, and I just woke up from a nap, and I was like, I gotta throw something on to record this podcast. Since True. when? You can tell we're serious when we put pants on. <laughs> I, I I always wear pants when I'm podcasting. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right, all right, all right. We got a we got a big show. There's an announcement. We're going to talk about that. There are two parts of the announcement. Everyone forgot the first part of the announcement. And then uh, we're going to do that. And then we're going to take a break. And then we're going to talk about the story of the Sword and Shield DLC. So if it's been over <laughs> so, two weeks, we'll spend about 45 seconds on it because that's how long yep. the story is. And <laughs> yep. then we'll move on. Um, so if you don't want spoilers, we'll give you a warning for that. Although I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you probably bought the Sword and Shield DLC. You probably already beat the story. Um, so I'm not too worried about that. But... Jumping right into news, there was a, another, there was two Nintendo Directs, one was the one that they did the morning of the Isle of Armor to announce the Isle of Armor and Pokemon Smile and, what was the other things? Uh, Cafe Mix and... Cafe Mix? Zero Aura. Yeah. Probably one other thing I can't remember. <laughs> Look, that was, that was two weeks ago before the world... Turned upside turned down. Turned upside down. Right. Ca has, have you guys started playing Cafe Mix at all? Yeah, I did. I started. I haven't gotten there yet. Have we hit a million Zeroras? We'll yes. get there. Well, it's part of the news. But okay, part okay, of the news. Okay, oh, sorry. Spoiler. I, nobody gave me the outline before we started. <laughs> I don't know where we oh are. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> now people are going to turn off the podcast. They're like, oh, we hit the Zeroara. That Zero was the only news we needed. All right. That's so all I needed to know. <laughs> <laughs> they, the, the first part of the news was Cafe Mix is available worldwide. Uh, of this past week's 11-minute Pokemon Presents, I think it was called. So Cafe Mix available worldwide, Android, Switch, iOS. I have installed it. I have not played it. I have only Am heard... Am I the only person that's played it in, in this round table? Look, yeah, I've been yes. doing research all week about these silly Max Mushrooms. There's nothing silly about a Max Mushroom, my friend. Uh, you I know, mean, somebody... Maximum Mushrooms. The, the the amount of misinformation in the Pokemon world is, is what vast and f deep. <laughs> has the Pokemon world changed so much that misinformation has spread? I remember when you could find a Mew under that truck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've 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 long since come from the days of false rumors to 
Less false rumors. <laughs> the second part of the announcement was a brand new game called Poke Pokemon Unite. Yeah. yeah. I would probably say they spent about a solid 65 seconds on the Cafe Mix announcement, and then the the rest was for uh, Pokemon Unite. So it's a brand new game. Yeah. I'm going to read the press release. I have four other articles pulled up regarding this. Because there's oh, a man. lot to dissect here. There is a reason to be upset about this game. Uh, there is a reason to not like this game. And then there's the bunch of people that are optimistic about this because it is a brand new type of Pokemon game for the first time. So the announcement says, Pokemon Unite announced for the Nintendo Switch and mobile devices. It's a cross-platform game being developed in a partnership with Tencent. June 24th, today, the Pokemon presents video presentation. Ishihara, president and CEO of the Pokemon Company, unveiled Pokemon Unite, a brand. Unite is in all caps for whatever it's worth. Uh, a, a new game made for the Nintendo Switch system and mobile devices. Unite is being developed in a partnership with Tencent's games. I'm going to say it's Taimai, capital T, lowercase i, capital M, lowercase i, studios. I could uh, be Timmy. I think that's... Timmy. Timmy. Yeah. Timmy. I would, I'm, I'm going to assume it's Tai Mai, but. <laughs> why, why, why would you, in no language does that make sense? Timmy would be more sensible. You think it's Timmy? No, I think it's Timmy. <laughs> I, think, I think it's Timmy. Timmy? Timmy. Yeah. Timmy? Yeah. We'll probably refer to it as Tencent going forward because that's one of the complaints here. Pokemon Unite is the first. Strategic Pokemon team battle game. I detect no lies in that sentence. Uh, players will face <laughs> off against each other <laughs> in five-on-five five team battles. During the battles, players will cooperate with teammates to catch Pokemon, level up and evolve their own Pokemon, and they will need to defeat their opponent's Pokemon while trying to earn more points than the opposing team within an allotted time. Pokemon... Unite will be free to start. And that's it. That's the actual announcement. Then goes about the Pokemon Company. If you don't know, Pokemon Company International manages outside for Asia brand licensing, marketing, trading card game, animated series, home entertainment. It was first launched in Japan in 1996. More interesting here about Taimai or Team Timmy or however you say it. Timmy. Timmy is a subsidiary of Tencent. And it is a leading leading global video game development team headquarters in Shenzhen, China. Has an office in Los Angeles, Shanghai, and Chengdu, China. They strive to create high-quality, high-fidelity, and highly accessible games across a wide variety, variety of genres. Founded in 2008, they have developed titles including Honor of Kings, Speed Drifters, Frostfires, Arena of Valor, which is a MOBA game available on Switch and mobile, probably the thing that Mass or Unite will be closest to. And most recently, mm. Call of Duty Mobile. Now let's talk about Tencent. Tencent was launched in 2003 and has since grown into the leading global platform for game development, pushing, publishing, and operations, as well as the operator of the largest online game community in China. 
It is dedicated to offering engaging, high-quality, interactive entertainment experience. There's a lot of buzzwords here. Experiences for all players. Tencent offers more than 140 self-developed and licensed games across 200 countries and regions, which provides hundreds of millions of users cross-platform interactive. Uh, some of their games would be Honor of Kings, PUBG Mobile, and League of Legends. <laughs> I don't see how League is not a direct competitor to Arena Valor unless it's because yeah, they don't they cross platforms. They are direct competitors. But they're made by the same company, technically. I will get to what Tencent owns and makes because there's a lot more. <laughs> it goes a lot deeper than that. Oh, um, layers and layers and layers. Are they making Dota too? Because then that's just... That's, they're, well, they're making League of Dota. Furthermore, Tencent actively col collaborates with overseas games such as SEA, uh, Netmarble, Supercell, and more to form strategic partnerships to launch new games. And then they go on about what Nintendo, we know about Nintendo, we know about Pokemon. The interesting things here is Taimai and um, Tencent. Okay. <sighs> There's a lot of news articles regarding this. Put them aside for now. They showed <laughs> Pokemon Unite. What'd you guys think? I mean, I'm super excited. I enjoy the occasional MOBA. I have played League. I have played Dota. I have played Arena of Valor. Um, and as long as all the players of those games keep playing their own games and fresh, nice people play Pokemon Unite, everything will be fine. <laughs> no Teemo mains in my Pokemon this, Unite. This, okay? is, this is good. I, was, I, didn't, I didn't know your uh, MOBA history. Can you explain to... What? Well, I have MOBA history. All right. Well, look, we got to save your dialogue for the new Masters update later. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Oh, no. Uh, Will, hit me with it. What is a MOBA? I've never played. I, Pokemon Unite looks cool. What, what, do I'm, what am I doing in this game? How is it similar to League, Arena of Valor, Dota? Oh, it's exactly the same as all of them. <laughs> okay. I, yeah. I, there's, there's, there's so not any variation. Um. And I mean, it's, it does seem to be very similar to Arena Valor of all of them. But basically, you have a map. It's, it's a, like a mirror map. Both sides are the same. There's nothing fancy on one side that the other side's not getting. Um, everybody starts from the far end of the map, so like the far corner. And you head out and you have little towers, but it's not a tower defense game, although you do have to defend your towers. And your goal is to basically keep progressing from your corner of the screen to your opponent's corner of the screen to take out their home base in the final end of glorious explosiveness. And typically there are three channels, three routes across the map that are I the heard, primary routes. I've heard the term lanes. Three lanes, yes. And then you have somebody who's a top, a mid, or a bottom. And, you know, it's basically, you know, which characters typically you would you know put like a support character in one lane and you know a different kind of character in another lane and there's also the jungle which is the part of the map that's not the lanes and you can usually find other things i think in this announcement they said that you can find other pokemon on the map that aren't part of either team and when you destroy those or make them faint uh you get buffs Buffs, a big word in the MOBA world. Okay. <laughs> Get buffs for your team. And so probably that's what's going to happen in the jungle is you'll have your jungle person go out there, find whatever Pokemon are wandering around, knock them out, and then get those buffs. Um, 
there's usually minions. I haven't seen any minions in in Pokemon Unite, which are sort of NPCs that just very single-mindedly go from one base, you know, heading towards the other base, and they start attacking towers whenever they get close to one. So I'm not sure how that's going to work out. And there's also typically uh, a store with equipment, and you, as you are playing the game, you generate gold or whatever currency. Um, and it's like it resets each game, right? Every game you start from zero. Um, you set what you want to purchase from the store, which are upgrades that once you hit a certain amount of gold from destroying your enemy or other characters on the map, then you can purchase those upgrades and equip them, and they give you more advantages as you go. There's it's a lot, a lot of moving pieces in a MOBA, um, but it's basically go from the left to the right, take out as much as you can along the way. <laughs> okay, a couple follow-up questions here, Greg. Feel feel free to chime in. Uh, are all MOBAs five versus five, or is this some weird thing that Pokemon Unite's doing? I feel like they oh. missed an opportunity mm. on six versus six, but maybe uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think that sounds right. Five by five is is fairly common. Okay, I don't. Okay. I can't say for sure that it's all, but th- I mean that's pretty. That's like league, and we're probably pl- league. League is the biggest MOBA, right? Oh, I think your Dota friends would disagree with <laughs> yeah. you, but sure. Yeah, she, I mean, I, I, they're they're both similar. I mean, they're both like as high up as the other. Like, I I couldn't tell you which makes more money. Uh, so I think the them. ranking is league is the most toxic. Dota is like the people who got tired of playing League but still need to get that MOBA fix. And Arena of Valor is everybody who wants to play MOBAs but doesn't have a good PC. Okay. I played Heroes of the Storm. (laughs) That's not a real game. It is too. What I'm looking at right now is uh, League is at 300,000 people watching on Twitch. And Dota is at 167,000 watching on Twitch. Twitch, obviously the end-all indicator of a popularity of a game. Of course. When they did the announcement, I went to Twitch shortly after because people were like, oh, Pokemon six years late to the MOBA thing. And League was number one on Twitch at the time, and Dota was number four on Twitch at the time. (laughs) And I was like, are they really that late? (laughs) There's a lot of people watching these games. Yeah. Well, um, and six years is not the right yeah. uh, timeline because I was playing League in 2013, which mm. is seven years. <gasps> Scandal. Is is there even is there even an argument? Like, yeah, I get it. You know, battle royals are very big. You know, MOBAs didn't exist 20 years ago. Oh, when are we going to get a Pokemon battle <laughs> royal? Pokemon but, Fortnite. But as long as, like, the game play is good and adaptive i mean like they keep making shooters every year they keep making racing games every year so i don't the idea that the the expiration date on the moba style game has come and passed is patently false <laughs> right like <laughs> like man no one's playing shooters anymore <laughs> have you nobody's ever playing watched... rpgs anymore i mean i i'm sorry colleges and universities are are just beginning to scratch the surface of MOBAs as esports. Like, right. if your college is talking about starting up an esports program, they're talking MOBAs and they're talking Fortnite. But yeah, MOBAs are in the mix. Yeah. The, the, those competitive league 
things. Heck, there's so much money in that. I don't understand why, but it's there. <laughs> People love it. People uh, love the five by five. I, I don't think I've ever played a MOBA. Um, oh, shame. I, I did, a lot, I did but... install Heroes of the Storm back in the day. Uh, that's not go. real i went through it, i went oh. through the tutorial and it was it it was too handholdy you know i was like this reminds me too much of sun and moon i gotta move no i'm just kidding you I, are it, the worst it just it just didn't it it didn't grab me and i thought you know out of all of them heroes would grab me because i was at the time playing a lot of diablo 3 um but that you know i just it just didn't grab me i've, I've definitely played team-based games and i think some people would some people were arguing me with me that Overwatch was very MOBA y, but I was like, oh, I just thought Overwatch was like a team based shooter. I mean, um, hmm. there's a MOBA, the MOBA feel of Overwatch in that I think Overwatch still has five players on one side and five players on the other, or is it four? Five sounds right. Well, I mean, it's, it's a battle arena, yeah. but it's not in that same, you know, top down. Uh, it's not it's not the top down but it does have the similar like you're on a team you have objectives to get their points to connect to and you have to defend things i mean it's, it has some of the standard moba characteristics <laughs> yeah without I mean, being an actual moba i i bought overwatch played it for a sum total of five minutes and said this game is not for me goodbye sixty dollars and so that's about as much as i know I've watched a lot of videos of people playing it, but I knew when it wasn't, when Overwatch wasn't the next World of Warcraft MMO, and that it was not at all what they had said it was going to, the type of game it was going to be, and it became what Overwatch is, which people love it, but it just was absolutely not the game that I wanted. I was like, okay, people have people have a lot of fun with it, but it, it just was never the game that I wanted. Greg, we didn't get your thoughts of the announcement. I'm excited for it. I think, I mean, I've, I've, I've dabbled in the MOBA, uh, not a ton, but I think any of the offshoot games where they just sort of try to expand out and see what fits and what works, it's, it's certainly fun to see them playing with new ideas. It could be hot garbage. It could be a lot of fun. There is something about playing the Pokemon and capturing other Pokemon and sort of having a team aspect that doesn't exist in any other Pokemon product that has me excited to try Pokemon Unite. Yeah, that was um, when I saw it. I was like, wow, this this looks cool. MOBA. Never played a MOBA. This is my opportunity to play MOBA. Don't know if I like MOBAs, but I really saw it as equal to like Pokemon tournament. Yeah. When Pokemon, when they showed Pokemon tournament, I was like, man, I don't like fighting games, but this looks rad. I can play Chandelure. I can play <laughs> Suicune. I can play Weavile. And then I played it and I was like, I'm glad they made this. I'm glad yeah. somebody liked this. I didn't yeah. like this, but because I didn't like this, I need to run to the internet and let everyone know that I <laughs> did not like this product. I really wanted to like Pokémon Tournament, but I I just don't like fighting games. I enjoyed Pokémon Tournament for what, you know, for what it was, but fighting games aren't my main jam, so I played it for as long as I played it and then left. Yeah, I think I put probably 12, 15 hours into Pokémon Tournament. I wouldn't, mm, you know, if it on Wii U. <laughs> uh, we talked about how Pokémon Tournament sold what 2.1 million copies on Switch, which is very good. Actually, as we're recording this, they're doing the Pokémon Player Cup World Champion this weekend. 
and I try to watch a little bit of it, and even though I like Pokemon and I understand how Pokemon Tournament works, I was not very interested in watching it. Hey, some people like that. And that's kind of where I, 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 see, I see Unite, right? I'm going to try Unite. It's free. Yeah. Uh, I have nothing to lose. You know, if it was 20 bucks, maybe 60 bucks, I'd probably even purchase it and give it a try. And then, you know, if I don't like it, I'd just move on with life. There's plenty of Pokemon games, in my opinion, that I do not like and that I've been very vocal about on this show. Uh, Pokemon Duel, for example. Pokemon Rumble Rush. Uh, didn't even give that a try. Uh, you know, I didn't like Auras when it first came out. Mm. I've slightly changed my mind on that game over time, but <laughs> to me, if you don't like a Pokemon game, it's very easy to ignore it. <laughs> I think, okay, so let's get to the, the, the complaints well, here. Well, wait, wait, let uh, me tell you first off, before we get into that, the top three things you're going to hear when you start playing Pokemon Unite, guaranteed. Okay. Um, I'm not going to say it's in this order, but these are the top three things. Number one, why are you playing that Pokemon wrong? Okay. Yep. All right. Number two, why are you playing a Pokemon that you clearly don't know how to play? Okay. Yep. Uh, number three, I'm reporting you for poor sportsmanship just because you're not a good player. <laughs> okay. What? Can I add a number four? Who's your main? Why are you not playing Charizard? <laughs> Yeah, And when Charizard's not on the screen, we need to ask where Charizard is. Okay, Simpsons. <laughs> okay. Do we even know the lineup for Unite yet? Like, do we know everything that's in Unite? We know a handful of Pokemon. I can name them for you. We know that there's Blastoise, Venusaur, Charizard. Talonflame, OP. We have Gengar Machamp and Snorlax. We have Pikachu, Clefable... I'm into Clefable. Probably the weirdest one out of the bunch. Lucario, of course. You know, they don't, they got to keep pushing Lucario, the Roman Reigns of Pokemon. And uh, Talonflame is the ones we've seen so far. Talonflame is way overpowered. Yeah. Somebody's, they, we've got, oh, here, number four. Somebody nerf Talonflame. Yeah, nerf Talonflame. <laughs> nerf. So we are, have to assume, given by the gameplay that we saw, that they all start in their base lowest form because part of the gameplay was leveling up right you they they specifically said in the trailer you know you start at level one you will evolve and level up throughout they saw charmander evolve into a charmeleon by knocking out something in the jungle i think uh and then um eventually it was a charizard i don't know how that works for snorlax or pikachu so but i mean do you think it's going to be like munchlax to snorlax pichu to pikachu to to raichu Raichu? yeah or are there going to be some that just start at level one at their full powered form, which is going to create a problem. I know that that's a thing in League and Dota, right? You start at level one every game and you yeah. you get stuff. So I would assume that you start at like Riolu and then you go to Lucari. <laughs> that's what I would guess. <laughs> so Cleffa, Clefairy, Clefable. That's my main. Okay. I know how to play it. I use a unique strategy when I can finally power up and go off you will all be impressed stop uh, harassing me. it's called ulting when you use Ugh. your ult thank we you we don't know that there's alt in here yet it is the r key on your keyboard <laughs> <laughs> okay I no, no 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 they did they, they specifically oh, they said did. like they each did, pokemon did. will have like a superpower thing that they will did. determine the matter i'm like okay it's so it's gonna have an alt uh so the complaints the the issues here there there's like Three specific complaints. Number one, I don't. I've played MOBAs. I don't like MOBAs. That's okay. a, a completely fair complaint. 
if you've you know you've played league you played uh her uh the arena valor you played dota you don't like it that's a super fair complaint but what are they complaining about just that because the problem is it's not a fair complaint if you're saying therefore this game shouldn't exist oh it's a complaint saying i don't want i'm not going to play this game because i don't like them but if it's used as i've seen it a lot saying and therefore they should have never have made this game that is not a valid complaint because you don't like it doesn't mean it shouldn't have been created right yes Correct, but it, you know, if if somebody came into my stream or whatever, and they're like, and I'm, they're like, oh, I'm bummed, at, or like, ah, the announcement didn't do it for me, and I was like, oh, what did you like? What what was the issue with the announcement? They're like, ah, you know, I played a lot of League, I just don't care about mobas anymore. Eh, that's fine. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Complaint number two is it wasn't whatever remake in the entire world you want. It wasn't Let's Go Meryl. It wasn't Hey You. Giraffe rig, it wasn't uh Pokemon Z, it wasn't Sparkling Diamond, Flashy Pearl, it wasn't any remake. But Steve, in the last week's trailer, they had a Chikorita and a Raiko behind Ishihara, <laughs> and obviously because they had Gen 2 plushes, and I ignore the fact that they literally had Gen 1 plushes and Gen 7 plushes and everything else. But if I only focus on the Gen 2 plushes, Greg. Why am I being attacked? Why was there no Hey You Meryl 2 remake? Did you not see the Suicune behind him? I did. And that just says that Suicune is in Pokemon Unite. All of those Pokemon (laughs) that were shown back there are playable Pokemon in Pokemon Unite. You just drew the wrong conclusion. So this this was a huge complaint. People were, people set their own expectations. They overhyped it. I the the mental gymnastics of people being like this announcement would have been better if they didn't make us wait a week <laughs> is a really weird complaint of like because they made us wait a week poor you what did you did you camp outside for a week did you like not leave your house because you were so enthralled with incite, like excitement that it, them saying you have to wait a week for more news possibly affected your day-to-day life <laughs> Look, I have not slept not sleep for a week <laughs> waiting for my Johto remakes Gen 20, and I didn't get them, and therefore the Pokemon company hates me. I just don't buy the excuse of like, well, if they didn't wait a week, people wouldn't have been as mad. Like, I just... They, would, I just, they would have the, been as mad. The Pokemon company needs to uh, listen to some more Lana Del Rey. Hope is a dangerous <laughs> thing for a woman like me, right? Can't can't give people hope and then <laughs> yank that rug out from under their feet. I, I rewatched the original present and they just said, we have a big announcement next week. That's all they said. Yes, and that's then all they said. on Twitter, they said, hey, just a reminder, Pokemon announcement on Wednesday. I what did you like to say to go to the length of saying, oh, this is this is Game Freak's fault. Also, not Game Freak's fault because <laughs> They they had nothing to do with announcement A and announcement B, but this is the Pokemon company's fault that they overhyped it, and now we're but what's upset. The fault? There's no fault. There's no There's fault. No crime. <laughs> even if they were, even if you believe for a second they overhyped it, what did you want them to say at the end of the present the conference? We got a big announcement next week, or hey, we got some average old game made by a Chinese company next week. Uh, some of you will like it, some of you won't. See you then. Like what? See you then. 
Peace out. Zero companies in the entire world will not say (laughs) any new game is not a big announcement. Zero companies. Amazon will say we have a big announcement next week. You know what it is? We put Alexa in a toaster. Done. Big Ooh, announcement. They did. I'm sure. I am actually sure that product exists. I don't know. <laughs> this Alexa, is the dark same, brown. The Pokemon Company is the same company. Let me tell you. 2016, the World Championship. They said we have a big announcement. Does anyone remember what that big announcement was? I remember what it is. I don't Wait, remember. 2016. 2016. 2016. I Where was the world championship? It. World, the, the, I, I don't think, they, uh, but I don't know, DC? No, that was no. 2015. Hawaii? I think Hawaii. Or maybe it was after. Anyways, it was the year Sun and Moon came out in November. Wasn't mega slow, bro. Their big announcement, that's what they said. They said, we have a big announcement at Worlds. Their big announcement was they showed for Brawler. That was their big announcement at the world championship. They showed one new Pokemon. Not even that cool of a Pokemon was Crabrawler. This is not a new pattern or thing that the Pokemon company has done. I would argue that showing a brand new Pokemon is a big announcement. I think it's pretty big. They showed a brand new Pokemon never before seen at the World Championship. I would also go on the record saying showing a brand new Pokemon video game is a big announcement. (laughs) Whether or not you like it. Put it it in the record. Put it in the record. Official statement and testimony. This will be used against you in the court of Pokemon law. I will have you know. (laughs) I just don't buy that, like, because they made us wait a week, because I had to get up at 6 a.m. in California to watch this, and it was 11 minutes long, because it was, because they used the word big announcement, that this is their fault that people are mad. It is not. (laughs) You, okay, life lesson y'all are in control of your own emotions and the stories that you tell yourselves if the story that you told yourself over a week is that you were going to get exactly what you wanted you are telling yourself a false story and therefore you are mad that you lied to yourself for a week putting that on somebody else is called projecting stop projecting your disappointment in your own manifestation of excitement that was based off of Nothing on another company or another series of people. Also, the statement that I can't believe Pokemon is wasting resources on a game that I don't want. They are not making this game. Well, gosh, that we could do a whole other podcast about how how games uh, like how how like half the internet just think thinks making a game is so easy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, copy and paste. It's just copy and paste. Uh, you just get that, what is that engine called? Unreal. Get the you Unreal get the, engine, you get copy the and Unreal paste a couple engine. Pokemons in there, and you're good to go. Yeah, you just get the assets from Pokemon Company. You get the Unreal engine from the Unreal Company. Copy, paste, it prints cash. We're, we're also talking about the same fan base for probably the last five years. The last time the Pokemon, the last time Game Freak, this is this is where the wording is 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 I, this is where the wording is weird. The last time Game Freak took off a year was in 2015. So 2016 was Sun, Sun and Moon. 2017 Ultra Sun and Moon. 2018 Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee. 2019 Sword and Shield. 2020 Sword and Shield DLC. It took off 2015, and then in 2014 was Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, and 2013 was X and Y. 
So when when we when we heard Sword and Shield, when we when we were getting Sword and Shield, one of the biggest complaints besides they cut my po- they cut my Huntail. I'm very upset. I'm not buying this game. How could they leave Clan Pearl and Huntail out? Was they're making games too fast. Specifically they as in Game Freak. I've said that on this podcast before. Probably 8 years ago I said I don't want Pokemon to be a Call of Duty. I don't want an every I don't want Pokemon every single year if it's not quality. So I've I've said these same words too. So I also just don't understand this I, I feel like it's there's the, there's a Venn diagram of people that vocally complained all through Sword and Shield that it was lazy, it was rushed, they're putting out games too quickly. I'm more than willing to wait a year for a quality product. And then I feel like the Venn diagram overlaps to no diamond and pearl remake <laughs> sword I, and shield is only like eight months old and we just got we just got brand new dlc two weeks ago slow down <laughs> i don't think the venn diagram overlaps as much as you're stating i think the general outrage when one group quiets down, there is more than happy another happy group to file right in and to continue the outrage level. I don't think the people who are mad at National Decks are suddenly like, oh my gosh, they're not giving me Diamond and Pearl remakes. I think they've just gone off to sulk, and then people who want their remakes, who expect games every year, who want that, have filled in the power vacuum of complaining. I mean, there are a tremendous number of Pokemon fans out there, there that are. can be cut, cut into different groups of what we like to complain about. I will, I will tell you, Gen 3 fans might be my favorite. Hey! They announced HeartGold and SoulSilver. Gen 2 fans rejoiced. Gen 3 fans, they, they came out of their cabins, they looked at the sky, and they said, Soon! Our time yep. is coming. And they were pretty loud. They, they went out, they bought brand new trumpets, they marched around for several years... They finally got Omega Ruby Sat- Alpha Sapphire, and then they shut up. We never yep. heard from again. Uh, they went back into their cabins. They put hey. their trumpet under their bed. They sat on their their Lazy Boy recliner, and they've been playing Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire f- since. We haven't seen them, but the day you see me every week. The, <laughs> the day that they announced Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, every Gen Four fanboy just shot up from their bed. They put their pants on and they, they, they said, my time is now. Here we go. But during this time of this great war <laughs> of Gen 3 people being happy and Gen 4 people being like, it is our time now. The Gen 2 people go, it's not good enough for us. We're back. We need another remake of Basically. Gold and Silver. And now we have Gold and Silver and Diamond and Pearl fans just clamoring for something new. And they, I will, Okay. I agree they need to remake Gen 2 into a good game. They do. The Gen 5 fans are waiting. But you mark my word. (laughs) They're all going to crawl up. Which Okay, no. Who had the underground bases? That was 4. That was 4. That was 4. Yeah, Gen 4. Gen 4 needs to crawl back underground to the underground secret bases. What did Gen 5 have? Gen 5 had seasons. They had... they had seasons. They had good gameplay. They had. Oh, uh, they had the, we need seasons. They had the starting of seasons getting rid of and HMs. Night and day. Unlimited both. TMs. They had decent PC boxes. Man, Gen Five is a good game. Oh, now, now, now. I finally, after all of my years yeah. of uh, everything, finally some recognition. Yes. 
This is this is the thing we're gonna hear once once Gen Four remakes are announced. <laughs> those Gen Fives are gonna be like, finally, you people finally. can appreciate the depression we've been living in for a decade. Finally, it's my season. So that didn't happen, and you know that could have happened, right? They announced Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon pretty quickly after Sun and Moon, but I. It, and I don't know if we said this last week or I said this last week. I, sh- could they have announced a, a a a remake of an old game? Yeah, sure. They could. Li- they literally announced a toothbrush game last week. Like they can announce anything. <laughs> they can do what they want. But I think it's really important from a company perspective. If you're going to do DLC for the first time, you don't announce another game that could possibly conflict with that. Right. Especially when you have stockholders that are looking at your at your products and they the stockholders probably would be like what about a new game because we know what that does we know that a third version of a game moves millions and millions of copies yeah. i feel like it's just very important for them to focus this year on the dlc and you know mm-hmm. maybe in, maybe tomorrow they announce diamond and pearl remake so they could do whatever they want but it's it's going to come eventually look they're going to make Gen. They're going to make Gen Ten games. They're going to make Gen Eleven games. They're going to remake Gen Six. They're going to remake Gen Seven. They're going to remake Gen Eight. All of these things will eventually be coming because it's been proven time and time again that it that it works. Last thing I want to say before we get to point three, which is the ten cent issue, is <laughs> the the people that are like they should have switched Snap and this game, and I I wholeheartedly disagree with that. There is no way Snap will probably sell for million copies it will probably do much much better than pokemon tournament but pokemon unite will probably make four million dollars in the first week didn't didn't masters yeah. make like 23 million in the first month or oh, something yeah but e- even more than that let me tell you 100 percent what what we're we're not seeing that's behind the curtain uh pokemon tournament was supposed to be pokemon esports and nobody wanted it guess what <laughs> guess what pokemon unite will be pokemon esports and they're banking on making jibazils, jillion, jillions out of having competitive tournaments and people buying tickets and all the hype that's going to go around that. Absolutely. They didn't even announce like holiday 2020 for Snap. I don't think that game's coming out this year. No. I think we, ro- I think we roll into a beta slash early program for... for this is this is actually what I think because there were some people saying that this shouldn't have been its own trailer and I think those people are wrong and I think those people forgot that they did like a 2 minute silhouette of a bunch of people trading cards linking their game boys battling <laughs> uh battling their cards playing Pokémon tournament and I don't know 18 different scenes of people cheering at world tournaments there's not a doubt in my mind that this trailer was supposed to be for the 2020 world championship that they showed there's not a single doubt that this wasn't that this was like some tacked on thing that they did last minute no I'm confident and they'll never they'll never say this the pokemon company will never admit this that this trailer was meant for the world championship they were going to show it to a bunch of people at the world championship that are excited for battle and it would have went over extremely well but mm-hmm. instead there was a bunch of crybabies that woke up at 6 a.m and they saw the trailer and it wasn't what they wanted and now they had to scream on the internet that they had to do some sort of mental gymnastics of how how this was the worst thing in the entire world and the pokemon company will cease to exist in two weeks because of this announcement last part of this argument of why people were maybe upset 
the Tencent deal. It was 156,000 dislikes, or whatever that's worth. Nothing. Three million people watched it. 156 million dislikes is a drop in the bucket to three million, whatever. None of that matters, besides it's a talking point, I guess. So Tencent is... It, it, Tencent is like, if you don't know Tencent, I'll try to explain it as easy as possible. Tencent is like Amazon and Microsoft and Disney all merged into a company and made pretty much everything. Music, games, <laughs> home shopping I mean, networks. That's just basically apps. Disney yeah. on its own right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tencent is a very, very, very big Chinese company. If we, if we take a step out, uh, Pokemon recently made their first attempt in China with Sun and Moon. That was the first games with uh, traditional and simplified Chinese. Mandarin and Cantonese. 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 Cantonese, thank you. That's not to say, you know, somebody in China didn't import a game, right? But putting games on shelves there. So even if you think for a second that Unite was not made for you. There, there, there are fans in other countries besides America. Spoiler. Japan does have internet. Uh, there are Pokemon fans all over the world, specifically in China. So it is possible that the Pokemon company doesn't care about everyone else and specifically wants us to succeed in China. That is possible. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. If Pokemon fans are still Pokemon fans, regardless of where they live, and there are limitations to play stuff in China, and if this is their way to give those fans something more, um, that's that's fine. Like that's the same thing with Pokemon Smile. I mean, it's meant for little kids. Just because it's not meant for you doesn't mean it wasn't still a thing that they should have made. But some people have a problem with Tencent. And I'm, I'm I'm not here to defend Tencent. There's a lot of uh, not great companies in the world. But I can give you the history of Tencent. I can tell you what games they have made. And they are they are the largest tech conglomerate. Yes, they're that in China. They're the biggest one. They are the world's largest video game publisher. They both provide internet and entertainment in China. This okay, so this is off PC Gamer. Uh, this was published uh, October fourth, two thousand nineteen. So re- relatively recently, we'll just go through this. They are both the internet and entertainment giant in China. They are the equivalent of a Facebook or a Google, but gamers worldwide are probably more familiar with Tencent's investments into a growing number of game developers and publishers. They have three hundred investments in their portfolio. Staying on top of every company that Tencent has a stake in can be daunting. So the author here has created a list of Tencent's public investments in foreign gaming companies, uh, basically companies outside of China, including, where possible, how much of the company Tencent owns. All right, so let's start with number one. Riot Games. (laughs) (laughs) Who makes League of Legends, and they own 100% of Riot Games. So that's big. League of Legends, undoubtedly a very, very big big game. game. Um, in 2011, Tencent went from uh, being Riot's gaming publisher partner in China to the major- majority stakeholder after paying $400 million for a 93% stake in League of Legends. Four years later, Tencent got the remaining 7% for an undisclosed amount. 
taking full control over Riot Games, just as League of Legends was exploding as an esports around the world. And then League of Legends, the most popular PC game in the world, pulling an estimated $1.4 billion in revenue last year. Uh, Riot, R- Riot Games remain, remains largely free to steer the game how it pleases, uh, but that relationship has some ugly downsides. Wanting to cash in on the mobile game boon- boom, Tencent tried to get Riot to make a mobile version of LOL. Uh, when the developer refused, Tencent went ahead, made their own mobile version clone of LOL called Arena of Valor. That became one of the most popular mobile games in Asia. Riot was not happy about this. Uh, that is now mostly water under the bridge now that Tencent abandoned Arena of Valor <laughs> in the West. And Riot is now making a mobile version of League of Legends. So there's your first one. Now you can say... Greg, Steve, Will, I don't play League of Legends. This doesn't matter. Uh, I'm never going to play a 10-cent game. Let's move on to number two. <laughs> because I guarantee you're using a 10-cent product at the end of this podcast. <laughs> Epic Games. They own 40%. Tencent invested $330 million into Epic Games in 2012 triggering one of the most dramatic shifts in PC gaming in the last decade, ushering a new era of free-to-play games. Uh, Epic scrapped Unreal Engine 4, monthly subscription in favor of a free version where Epic earned royalties on sales. The biggest Epic game. Uh, Okay, at the same time, Epic began experimenting with live-to-services like Paragon and Fortnite, while both games, uh, Fortnite saved the world. While both games were failures, Save the World put Epic into a perfect spot to jump on the Battle Royale bandwagon almost by accident, creating the biggest gaming pop culture phenomenon since Minecraft and Pokemon. Last year, Fortnite made $2.4 billion, making it the most profitable game that year. So now you say, well, Steve, I don't play League of Legends. I I don't. don't. I don't play Fortnite. I don't. I can't even do that floss dance. Tencent owns 11.5% of Blue Hole, which is Players Unknown Battleground. <laughs> Tencent owns both Fortnite and a piece of both Fortnite and PUBG, two dominant battle royales. What's more amusing is that Tencent also has the rights to publish both games in China, meaning that it's actual it's an actual competition with itself, not a bad place to be in. Tencent's investment in Bluehole became uh, apparent in 2017, acquiring 1.5% of Bluehole and then increasing that for an undisclosed amount rumored to be about 10%. Um, it is rumored that Tencent will be trying to uh, it will is rumored that Tencent is seeking a complete acquisition of Bluehole currently. Wait, how much of Apex Legends do they own? Apex is EA. We'll get there. We'll look, we'll get there. <laughs> you you Look, you don't like Battle Royals. I get it, right? You don't like the I PUBG. Don't. You don't like the Fortnite. Not interested in the League of Legends. I like watching them. What if I told you that Tencent helped Ubisoft survive? <laughs> <laughs> I don't play any Ubisoft games. That's not true. They own 5% of Ubisoft at the time, uh, and they, they took it over from Vivende, who at the time was Ubisoft's largest stakeholder for years. Vivende um, has steadily acquired a stake in Ubisoft hoping to oust its founders and seizing control for itself, putting out thousands of jobs. The situation looked grim. Ubisoft struck a deal with Vivende that saw the French conglomerate divest its stake 
uh, in a variety of investors that included Tencent. As part of its agreement, though, Tencent is just a silent partner that inc- cannot increase its voting rights uh, in its ownership of Ubisoft, making a hostile takeover by Tencent impossible. The acquisition of Ubisoft shared also the acquisition of Ubisoft shares also was a strategic partnership where Tencent would publish Ubisoft games in China. Uh, so if you're playing Assassin's Creed in China, Tencent published it. Now, Greg, you stay away from all these games. Some yeah, would say I don't play Ubisoft games. Some would say maybe you're a fan of the Overwatch or the Diablo or the World of Warcraft. Even I left that I left that life behind. Well, not Tencent. They own 5% of Activision, <laughs> Activision Blizzard. <laughs> how much of Square Enix do they own? Ooh. Like, this is a long... That's, that's how <laughs> we'll we get, get Greg. Yeah, so far, so far you're batting zero. Uh, years before Ubisoft, Tencent, Tencent helped another company escape to Vivende, Activision Blizzard. Activision fell under Vivende's control back in 2007 when it merged... In order to join forces with Blizzard, benefiting from the enormous success of World of Warcraft, five years later, the merged companies of Activision Blizzard announced a deal to buy back Vivende's stake in the company to become an independent. And Tencent jumped at the opportunity, bought 5% of Activision Blizzard for an undisclosed amount. There's another big game that I think will, I personally think this game will get even bigger in the next year. Uh, I don't think any of us play it. Tencent owns 80% of grinding gear games, which makes Path of Exile. Uh, and I think Packs of Exile hasn't exploded yet. It's very, very popular, but I think it will get a lot bigger this year and next year. How much of Gardenscapes do they own? 100%. <laughs> We're getting there. So other investments worth noting. Supercell. They make games like Clash of Clans, Clash Royale, Boom Beach. Tencent owns 84.3%. They invested eight, them behind. $8.6 billion into the Finnish mobile developer, one of the biggest purchases in video game history. You know, there's there's some fans out there. They love the Bayonetta. They love the... Uh, they love the... What's the other game that people... Near Automata. <laughs> they love the Platinum. I hear this all the time. Platinum games. They make good games. Guess what? Tencent's invested an undisclosed amount in Platinum Games. Uh, Tencent owns an undisclosed amount as of February of 2020 into Jaeger, the developer of Spec Ops. Uh, Koka, a South Korean entertainment, enter- entertainment and internet company uh, with the mega hit Black Desert Online. Tencent owns 13 per- 13.5% of that game. Paradox Entertainment, they own 5% of that uh, they make Hearts of Iron 2. Fat Shark, 30 per- 36% of Fat Shark. They make Warhammer. Um, that is the second largest uh, Swedish developer that Tencent invested in. 29% of Funcom. They make Conan Exiles, A Secret World. Shark Mob, they own oh. 100% of that. Uh, they're a studio that made, uh, they used to make The Division and Hitman. They were fully bought by Tencent in 2019. Ooh, I like The Division. That was a good game. You're listening to this podcast. You're like, I hate Tencent. I don't play League of Legends. I don't play Supercell games. I don't play Path of Exile. But you better believe I'm going to complain on Discord about Pokemon Unite. Guess what? Discord received $158 million in funding, including an undisclosed amount from Tencent. Uh, That's where they got me. 
that's okay. I don't use Discord. I'm um, on r slash I'm on r slash Pokemon complaining about ten cent. Hate to break it to you, Reddit got a hundred and fifty million investment from ten cent. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Reddit was owned by uh that magazine publisher. Um, they do Vogue and GQ. Oh goodness, why did it just leap out of my brain? Condon asked. Oh, ooh, they're in trouble. Well, maybe that's why they needed the investment. Yeah, they needed the investment. Uh, I have verified that um, Gardenscapes is made by Playrix, which uh, has no involvement with Tencent. So, I think Gardenscapes is like still top ten most profitable mobile mobile games, though I believe. I certainly put a lot of money into it. So, <laughs> so the the whole point of that wasn't to like convince you that Tencent's a good company. You can do your own research about that. A lot of fans that I saw over the week, uh, they, they told me that they would never, ever, ever do anything that involved Tencent. But Tencent surprise. is... Surprise! Yeah, surprise. Tencent is way more than just a couple very big video games. They have their hand in Reddit. They have their hand in Discord. And in- I believe they're called tendrils at this point. They have long given up on the inefficiency of hands. <laughs> and in five years when Tencent comes to America and they're battling Amazon, Microsoft, Apple, and Disney for full ownership of our lives, we'll remember this podcast. Battling is in quotes. <laughs> the amount of collusion that happens with all the big companies would shock you. I hope that Pokemon Unite is good. I hope it's fun. I hope it's I hope it's great. I hope it's not super money grabby. Uh, I believe in League of Legends and both Dota. There's no pay to win. It's just you pay money for hats or skins. I think Dota is the hat. Gotta get those skins, man. You oh, gotta man. get those skins. I have to pick a main that has a bad shiny, so I'm not tempted to buy its shiny skin. Don't know what it's like for Arena Valor, which I guess is probably the comparable one. Will, I don't know if you played that one on Switch. Or I didn't play it long enough to find out where I'd be throwing money. But you can, you uh, all of these games, you just jump into a 5v5 match, right? There's no, like, must pay yeah. 99 cents to do your daily match or whatever. That's correct. And, and to go back to the actual developer, Taimai, you know, I'm not a huge, I, I'm not a huge Call of Duty fan, but I've, I heard Call of Duty Mobile was pretty good. Oh, those Call of Duty junkies will <laughs> sing the praises of anything that gets them their fix. Remake Call of Duty 1. Oh, wait. That's our... We spent a lot of time on Unite. There was a lot to cover. Uh, no date, but uh, I, I expected if there was to be a world championship this year that they probably would have had kiosks, kiosks set up at the world championship to play. Uh-uh. No, no, no. If If... <laughs> Unite came out before the World Championships, I can guarantee you it would have been one of the competitive things because people are going to like the MOBA yeah. freaks are just going to be like all ready. Their their fingers are on QWER and on their mouse. They are, are good to, although it's only mobile and Switch, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Boy, Arena of Valor is not easy to play <laughs> on the Switch. I, I mean, for me, I, I you, you, you like you know, the it took me a long time to get the controls for Destiny. You like, you like the clicking. So, so this is this. Well, before we take break, last question. So, if you look at something like Pokemon Tournament, I don't know how many, I don't know how many fans from like Mortal Kombat or Dead or Alive or Tekken 
I like Pokemon and I want to try a new fighting game and moved over versus how many people that were like, I don't really, I'm not really in that scene, but I like Pokemon and now I'm in that scene. So the same thing with Unite, are there going to be people who are, who their life is League of Legends and they decide to try this and then just go back to League? Oh, they'll, they'll never leave League. Yeah. Once you're in League, you don't ever get out. <laughs> That's that's just what I know in my example. There's me who's never played a MOBA who's like, I might like this and it might be a game that I play on a daily or weekly basis if I like it, which is a big, big if it's a big if I don't know what the crossover is, though. Well, I mean, who knows? Like, I'm sure there are people who casually play League of Legends, wish they could be better at it, but, like, it doesn't excite them, and this will excite them. They're getting in at the ground floor. They get to be a part of the community. Like, there'll be a certain amount of people who jump in and be like, this is what I've been waiting for forever. I've tried other MOBA games, but I'm just not... I'm so far behind. I feel like I'm so far behind because they've been out for so long. Like, this is a fresh start for a lot of people, and it could be huge. It could also... I I will tell you... I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Okay. It's it's a cycle. You're going to get league players who, and, and it's like every like quarter, a new fresh crop of these dudes show up where they're like, I'm so tired of how toxic the league community is. I can't stand, I don't want to play this game anymore. I've got to stop playing league. And then they're just like, well, but you know, I can play Pokemon Unite because it's like League and it's not doesn't have that toxic. And then they're going to play that for three months and then they're going to start Jones in for League again because you know the new skins came so. out or they've got a new champion <laughs> or something. And then they're just going to they're going to like put Pokemon Unite aside and then they're going to be back into League hardcore for six months and then they're going to be like, oh my god this community is so toxic. League players are the worst. I can't believe <laughs> you know it gets to be six o'clock at night and all the little kids go for dinner and they're AFK and I'm just like so frustrated everybody on my team sucks. Why are you playing a support main in that lane and why didn't you ult at that and then they, Pokemon Unite is going to be sitting there waiting for them and they're going to be like alright here's like it's like the children's Tylenol for, you know, when you've just had too much league coding and it's just like, I need to step away and get my children's Tylenol and then you play Pokemon Unite for a little while. Even if this is a failure in the West, doesn't mean that's a failure for the Pokemon company because it could still be very, very right. popular in China or Korea or Japan or Australia or I don't know, maybe the UK players are over the moon for this. I guess we just don't know. But I, I I thought the announcement was fine. I thought the game looked cool. I hope that it's good. I hope the free-to-start isn't completely garbage. I still think Pokemon Masters is a little too expensive. I yep. think that Pokemon Go is pretty reasonable. Uh, I thought Magikarp Jump was good, money-wise. Uh, I thought Pokemon Quest was really good out of the, all, all of the you know quote-unquote free-to-start. I think Pokemon Quest did it perfectly. It was like, here, spend... $25, you got everything now. <laughs> but you don't you don't have to spend the $25. Uh you could you could just do it. I think Animal Crossing is too expensive. The mobile one. I thought Pocket oh, Camp. Yeah, yeah po- I think Pocket Camp's a complete ripoff. Uh if it's anything like MOBAs, you should just be buying hats or skins or clothes. Yeah. Uh, it's probably You could be skins. buying the shinies. Yeah. You'll be buying the I'm, shinies. 
At this point in time, Pokemon is only Flex, so that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> that was it. When we come back, we're going to talk about story stuff in DLC. So if you, uh, if you don't want to hear that, look at the podcast app where everything is timed out. Just it'll be, it'll be DLC story. Just skip to the next section. The times will all be there if you don't want to hear it. And then we're going to talk about Pokemon DLC, new feature to Masters, bug off event, and then uh, that'll be it. So we will be right back. We are back. Sword and Shield DLC story talk. All right, five seconds. Here we go. Hop shows up. Story over. <laughs> yep. Thanks for the spoiler. We warned you. You could have skipped being in this segment. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Really? Really. We would have just texted you. Hey, come back. Wait, how far are you in the story, Will? Let me preface by saying... I am enjoying the Isle of Armor probably 153 times more than I liked all of Sword and Shield. And in reflecting and wondering why that might be, I think I've come to the realization that the fact that all of the Pokemon hunting you do in the Isle of Armor is the same, and there are no routes that are separated from the wild area, and it's all wilder, I love it. I'm having mm. a great time. Interesting. Still some same issues of like how the Pokedex tells you which ones to get and whatever. That's but I'm good friends with my buddy Cubfu. He hops up and down every time we have battles and he's real excited and just like, yeah, all that good stuff. Gave him a shell bell. You know how to do. And they said, well, pick a tower. And I walked up to one of the towers and they were like, well, if you do this tower, blah, blah, blah. You can only do one. You can't build yep. blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to do the Dark Tower because it reminds me of that 80s game that I used to, board game that I used to love to play. Then she's like, after I've listened to her speech and everything, she says, make sure your Cub Fu is level 70 or you're not going to have a good time. And I was like, <laughs> but me and my Cub Fu are besties and he's only level 51. So I turned away and uh, also second... Uh, it's not a preface any longer. Interjection, end note, footnote, whatever you want to call it. Um, I do not use those candies that uh, the the pseudo rare candies. I never even used rare candies when rare candies were a thing. I level up my Pokemon the natural way. <laughs> oh, I see. Pokemon battles. You don't level yourself up the natural way, but you have to do it for Pokemon. I. Wh what are you talking about? We know about your secret steroid use. I am a natural lifter, sir. <laughs> no matter what my Instagram haters might say. Oh, uh, we got the real scoop. We got the real scoop. I got the Cub Fu. I got it to max friendship. And then yep. somebody in my stream was like, well, it's going to take you a couple hours to do the tower. I said, couple hours? Couple hours? I owe five uh, levels with five bosses, right? Yeah. 
I open up my inventory. I go to my 900 max L XL candies. I get cub food to 93 in about four seconds. No, not going to do it. And not, I said, I, I did that to my scent of scorch and I still hate myself for it. And I said, couple hours. We're ready to go right now. Yep. That's what I did. I love it. Boost it up. Why wait? Because I'm not a game gobbler. That's why. Oh, that's right. All right, Greg. Yes. Give me the thoughts of the story. You're the story guy. I am the story guy. The story is boring. Boring? Yeah, it's pretty boring. No, no, what? <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> I mean, so it starts out like it starts out fairly promising. Like the the pseudo villain that you face, they're you know, they're an Rival. interesting character. The pseudo villain, let's be real. <laughs> that whole thing is fine. It's just it never really varies off in any interesting tracks at all you 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 get this into this dojo where you're not supposed to be because some poor some poor trainer is left at the train station forever uh while you take their spot uh no no, he leaves yeah he finally leaves i thought that was a okay so they there's a a spoiler this whole thing's a spoiler that dude comes back at the end and it's a super nice touch Mm-hmm. Yeah. You you can miss that part. So when you when you like get off the train, there's like the the professor not professor scientist and she's yeah. like come back to me when you find all the pokemon. And then there's that just that NPC that's standing in the corner. And I would assume most people just think he's an NPC and then just leave. But if you talk to him, he's like I'm too scared to go to the dojo. Yeah. And then they they acknowledge it when you get there where yep. Honey is like, "Oh, that's not the name we have written down, but you're here, so let's just do it." And then they make that guy come back at the end is like they actually did they actually they actually did something. Yeah. yeah. Um the story serves one purpose, which is to introduce you to all of the all the competitive features. And that's all the story does. Like it really doesn't expand the world, it really doesn't do a whole lot for lore wise. It's honey and mustard, which just bothers me deeply. Their names or their characters? Yeah. Their names. I like their just, names. Uh, um, the again. Look, Melanie's name in Japanese is Melon. <laughs> <laughs> Let's. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that they're the bastions of creativity. Um, <laughs> it the story does what it's supposed to do, and that's fine. It is a story driven by mechanics mainly. And it's incredibly short. It's not. It's not particularly surprising that, like, you know who's going to be at the top of the towers. You know, you know. I don't know who's going to be at the top of the tower. Yeah, you do. If you think about it for like half a second, you know who's going to be at the top of the tower. Well, I guess I'm not thinking the same way you are. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's fine. It's just not very deep, and then. I had a little hope when Hop shows up for that storyline to be a little bit more interesting, and it just it, it again it's just to serve the main purpose to get you to understand these mechanics that they're introducing you in the game, which is a good way to introduce and get you to know the mechanics. It's a good it's, way of showing you, yeah, everything the game has to offer instead of being like. What they did with Festival Plaza right. was like, here you go, Just, good here luck you go. figuring it out. <laughs> but it doesn't make a good story. 
I, I definitely agree that the story is short, but not unexpected. Like, I, I assumed that we were going to get, like, I would probably argue that the story is, like, three to four hours if you get distracted. Yeah, if you get distracted. It's it's an hour tops if you don't. Yeah, but if you don't get distracted, I don't I don't know what you're really looking for in a Pokemon game. I don't get how you, <laughs> like, I honestly don't get how you'd not be distracted by the wild area, by the Pokemon, by exploring. Like, they do the thing that people ask for. We talked about this last week of just instead of crossing that Diglett Bridge, you can just go out to that giant Waylord. You can go out to these yeah. islands. You can... You can start doing raids. You can find the hidden cave off the water, and then all of a sudden you're in a cave and you're like behind, and you can find that yeah. you can you can avoid it all and explore. So distractions to the storyline don't enhance the storyline. Distractions say yes, it, you can easily spend a lot of time in Isle of Armor. That's not the issue. Isle of Armor as a DLC is good. There are a lot of things to do. The storyline is short and shallow. If you only focus on the story, if like I'm going to knock out this story, you are there for maybe an hour tops. Yeah, that's and true. That's it's, true. It's 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 not to say it's not saying that there's a lot of great things to do in Isle of Armor because there are. It's just to say the story is not. It's not surprising. It's not fantastic. It is a mechanics-driven story, and that takes away from what could have been there. I do think there will be much more story in the next expansion, which is a lot more about exploring. Uh, and this was very different. I hope that story is better. This one, it's fine. It's not... It is not a revelation. It is not particularly interesting. I liked it for... I liked the length. I liked that it was kind of short and sweet. <laughs> Lore-wise, which is not story-wise, I think, like... Uh, the trainer cards for mustard and and honey and you know honey will even offer to battle you and stuff. I think that's done really well. Yeah. Um. And I think all the lore of the characters, you know, Opal and Melanie and Gordy and B and Alistair. I like. I think the they they put so much thought into these characters. They just don't give them spots to shine. They're like, right. Here's your battle with the, them. You're done. The, <laughs> the primary problem with the story of how Sword and Shield is presented is that to find the interesting bits, you have to go find them. They aren't they aren't provided to you as part of your ongoing story. And that's it's it's an interesting choice. There's a lot of story and lore to be had. It, I I prefer it when you are shown those things in the world as part of the story. And not like an after effect when I look at so-and-so's card and I realize all of these cool things that I really wish I would have seen in the story itself. Yeah, exactly. It's like, show me, don't tell me. This is mechanics, but I think the do, I, I guess the word is like fetch quests. Yeah. Do these fetch quests, I think is better than battle these four trainers to move on to the next part of this story. I don't think they were perfect. No. And they mixed both, right? Like, you, it was definitely flipped between do these fetch quests, then do these battles, then do these fetch quests, then do these battles. Like, it flips between them. And I think I want that more in Pokemon games of... Oh, well, I guess, you know, we we had that. Like, when you first play, like, uh, Gold and Silver, they're like, deliver this egg. Yeah. Um, so it's and not like then, this is but, the first time they've done that kind of stuff. Yeah, then they drop it halfway through, <laughs> then it's just all battles. But I think so, it was it was definitely fun and delightful to see a bunch of Slowpoke zooming around. Yeah, yes. that was yeah. cute. 
they do some cute moments like there are some fun moments sure uh and i think they give cub fu enough time to shine yeah Uh, and I, i think it just proves that if the Pokemon company takes time to focus on a Pokemon, people end up liking that Pokemon more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are some downsides. Like, it's basically the island of triplets. Everybody in the JoJo looks exactly oh, like... Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of... Th- like, there's a lot of those things that make, like, the JoJo feel a little more shallow than it could be like if they had just taken some of the models that they had used elsewhere in the game and just put them in dojo clothes like if you if they weren't all these fit people if there were some you know older people who were hanging around if they had just taken other models and put them in those clothing and dumped them in there the dojo would have felt more full and alive need other models they have 40 hairs just change off the hair no they all had to wear the man bun yeah, I guess. But, I mean, you're complaining about models. I, I, I literally live in Stow on Side, and the dude who <laughs> buys something from you and oh, the man standing next yeah. to him who sells you something yeah. are exactly, are exactly the, same the same dude. I believe they're brothers, though. To be fair, they're like they're twins. They're Every, twins. The, the, twins are popular in the Pokemon world. We know this. That's true. Okay, the other part of the DLC when you do fight Mustard at the top of the tower. Spoiler. And he like rips off his like yeah. grandpa hoodie he, he, I, he, I think that <laughs> i think the problem and maybe this is maybe this is what you haven't said yet greg but you but you're thinking is that mustard is such a good character they don't give him enough time and they easily could have easily like he's such a good character he is a great character that they just don't do enough with I do really enjoy that every time he sends you out for a mission and uh, and like you're in the middle of doing it but you haven't finished it yet. He's playing Switch. What is it? Yep. What is he? Is he's he playing, playing Pokemon, Pokemon Quest? Quest? Yeah. He's playing Pokemon Quest. <laughs> and if you stand yeah, in front of the TV, funny. he yells at you. Yells I know. You. I've done that several times. <laughs> he's like, <"Move!" laughs> like mustard has a ton of great personality, and well, honey and mustard both do. They just there's just not enough story to let them really shine. Yeah, I think that's a good complaint. I don't know. I don't know if the island's like big enough to give them to give you more story though. Like what else? I I the the thing I worry about and I think why I liked this story better is cuz I go back and I think of Aura's Delta episode, which I felt like was twice as long as this, and I hated every minute of it cuz it was like fly here, talk to this person, fly here, talk to this but- person. And I was like I don't want to do that. I don't want to fl- <laughs> Just That's exactly what flying. happened. That's what happened in this one too. It's just all contained in one island, and the entire yeah, island was done is without new. flying. The, exactly. The only difference is that this is the only difference is that this is entirely a new island. It's the exact same quest. It's the exact same quest as the Delta episode. But you in the Delta episode, you were visiting places you had already seen, which is not the case for this one, yeah. which makes it new and exciting. That's true. But it's the same story. Look, I'm not saying like, I'm easily tricked. I'm just, you are. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying the Delta episode was too long and didn't have variety. And there was variety between knocking out Slowpoke, climbing a tower, finding mushrooms, uh, and doing that Vespa Quinn raid. Was you have you have the wildest memories? <laughs> you like to ignore a lot of what happened in the Delta episode. Oh man. Okay, you climb a tower at the end of the Delta episode, but that's also not great either. It's a lot of talking to not Stephen Stone, the his dad. I don't remember his dad. Or his nephew. Whoever's the dude in the... 
<laughs> the stone museum or whatever. You got to talk to that guy like 40 times. Yeah. But for me, it was it was like talking to that dude in the beginning, having Honey acknowledge it, having that dude showed up, put a smile on my face because they 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 yeah. actually did the thing of, of acknowledging the the silly dialogue they put into games. And they did the thing where they acknowledged Leon's lostness finally, where Mustard tells you that, like, you're one of the few first students in, like, several years that have ever gotten this far. And the reason that Leon, who was, like, his greatest disciple or whatever, doesn't have a kubfu is because he couldn't figure out which tower to go to. Like, he got lost getting to the towers. And I was like, <laughs> this is... Well, wait, then he should have a cup food. Yeah. He just doesn't have an Urshi. Yeah. Yeah, probably. So, like, them acknowledging that was, like, finally they, like, used this lostness thing. Yeah. Cleverly. Cleverly? Yeah. yeah. Uh, whereas it didn't really make sense in the, like, him getting lost. Like, he didn't get lost to save the world. He didn't get lost to, like, show up for a stadium match. But because he got lost and couldn't find a tower was, like cool you acknowledged it that's <laughs> yeah that's it, awesome they do cute touches there are cute touches throughout the very short shallow story the music was really great especially yep. for mustard you played with the music on oh yeah you got to oh yeah mustard i mean mustard songs a banger i mean secretly well we the reason why he enjoys these things more is because he has an audience and he's not playing them alone ah look i listen to a lot of pokemon music <laughs> I, I i mean like i i guess the answer is like wh- how do you want them to make it longer without adding pointless battles which is which was the worry it was the worry going into the dlc what are they, how are they going to do oh, this i'm not i'm not asking for more battles i'm asking for more exploration as to what the isle of armor is let's talk about why all these wildly varied biomes are here let's talk about Exploring the history of why the towers are there. Let's explore. Like, I don't need more battles. I need more lore and more story. I mean, yeah. I can't why is your rival tell- dressed so weird? Like, I can't. Ex- like, if you want me to sit down and creatively write an additional story, give me a couple <laughs> of weeks, and I, I, I will. I can write a ton of stories that happen. How do you on the want Isle them to communicate that though? Because we saw that they they did this in Sun and Moon, where they added these cutscenes, and people were like, "Ah, oh, okay, cutscenes too long. The game is ninety percent cutscenes." Well, that's because they stacked all the cutscenes up front. (laughs) Also, if you're going to go off of one people's complaints, then you're going to have to say, well, then they shouldn't do this. Our national decks are right. I'm just saying, how would you do it? You can say, I want to write more lore and I want more story, but how do you want them to put that into the game? That's what I'm asking. Do you want like characters standing outside the tower giving you lore? Do you want mustard to yeah, give should, you more yeah. No, they should do it like Destiny. You pick up little pieces of crud. No and one wants yeah. to do you that. You the crud. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd rather do that than find 150 Diglett. Yeah, I mean, there could be a million Diglett. things. Like, they could easily, for post-game stuff, have trainers from other regions come and say, hey, take me to this area. I've never seen this. I'm trying to catch this. You know, there's a ton of ways that they could bring other characters from the entire Pokemon universe to this that you get to interact with on a daily basis. Or Mustard could say, hey, we're getting a bunch of new arrivals who are coming today. We're getting a new class. Can you go pick them up at the train station? Have a little bits about that, and they can talk more about a bunch of stuff. Like, there's a million ways you can do that. Like, it's not... <laughs> like, 
the sky's the limit. They can do whatever they wish. What do I want? I would love to have daily visitors. I would love to have people have from daily other visitors, places though. that are all from the region. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'd like but to that's... see the Cynthia show up, or I would like to see a Wallace and Stephen Stone vacationing in Galler for a while and going on their second honeymoon. Like all of these things, they could do to extend the story, to give more to the story. There's like a million things they can do. Like if the story continued after post game, like making post game story optional is perfectly fine by me. Like, if it was one hour, but I can choose to go talk to these people to do more things, to learn more about this region, I would love that. So what I'm hearing is you hate it. <laughs> if that's what you took out of that, <laughs> then you need to re-listen to it. Yeah, no, I think, I think, I think those are good complaints. I didn't think they were going to do it right this time, and I think they got I think they got that. I don't think they did I, it wrong. I, I stand by it's a solid B. It's a solid B. Great, you know, really good. Way better than average. I give it a fourth grade A, A, <laughs> junior year B. So the part we talked about last week if you don't finish the post game, then Hop doesn't show up. So when you beat Mustard at the top of whatever tower you choose, and you go back to the dojo. Hop is there. He's there to be his professor or to help Sonia. They hint that so Sonia's in a snowy area. I don't know if people caught that hint. Yeah. So she'll obviously come back for the crown tundra. Unless she doesn't survive. Yeah, that's true. By the time we get there, she could be frozen solid. Yep. And so Hop wants you... I think the Hop stuff is mostly to Gigantamax your Urshifu. Yeah. To teach you about the soup and mustard. And confirmed, if you have not done all the way to, because Hop decides, Hop decides to do that, what, after you do the battle to catch one of the wolves, right? Or you battle him again. You have to do the whole sword bird and shield bird storyline. Yeah. Which is. After that, because yeah. I know people who, people were asking me on Twitter, what do I have to finish? And I'm like, you have to finish that whole, that whole end. You pretty part. much have to finish, if there's a flag on your map, you have to finish all the flags. Is what it is. Because that flag was bothering me for however many <laughs> <laughs> however many months or weeks. Yeah, you need to get to the part at the very end when he decides he's going to be a professor. Because that's what he really wants to do. The Vespaquen match yes. was awesome. It was very fun. I haven't come across that yet. It's a, it's a very... It's a very big surprise when it happens and i was not sure what the mechanics were when i got in there it's kind of like you ever play when you played red and blue for the first time and you get to cerulean city and you're like i just want to explore the town real quick and you like walk up a little bit and then your rival shows up and yep. he's like oh we're battling and you're like no i just got <laughs> no. here i don't know where the pokemon center is i just walked into the town <laughs> that's what the vespaquen part reminded me of and it's not, like, I lost it the first time because I literally had one Cubfu on my team. <laughs> but, you know, if you had, like, a Talonflame or something, like it's, it's, it's relatively easy. And I always, when people are always like, I want Pokemon games to be hard, I feel like people remember that moment or, like, the moment where you get to the end of the SSN and you're like, I just want to see what's down this hallway and then your rival pops up. And it's not, it's not because it's hard, it's just... There are these unexpected instances yeah. where you're not prepared, and that's what actually, like, screws you over, and not specifically because, like, you suddenly forgot how to battle. It's just right. like, oh, I just wanted to see what's down this hallway, 
and now I'm stuck in this battle, and uh, all I got is a level 30 Ratata that's yeah half health, and I lose I will, because of that. I will say that, you know, actually, now that I'm thinking back to where I am in the game, that, that what was super frustrating for me was I walked up to the tower, and the woman said, um, you can only have Kubfu in your party. Yes. And so I took all the Pokemon out of my party and saved, and was like, okay, I'm ready. And then... I walked up again and she's like, and make sure your Cub Fu is level 70. <laughs> if she had said that first, I would have walked away and taken care of things and not spent all that time getting all the Pokemons out of my party. The game does, though. It's smart enough to know that you put an Everstone on the Cub Fu. So when I finished Mustard and he's like, go evolve your Cub Fu now. And then I like touch it. He goes, oh, I see you have an Everstone on your Cub Fu. Uh, I guess you want to spend more time with Cub Fu, so that's fine. Feel free to leave. Come back when you're ready. It was a really nice touch that they like acknowledged. Yeah, but you couldn't go back and do the other towers still, right? No, 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 no. Like, I once know that choice is made, it's made. Yeah, I know they opened up. There's like sparring or something that opens up when you're done, done. But I don't know what uh, that is. Yet. I haven't done restrictive that. battling. Yeah, which is like behind the dojo, not in the tower. I really Have thought they done? were going to use the towers for something else, but I guess they didn't. Yeah, no. Uh, no, it's restrictive sparring, not battling. Same thing. Yeah, I thought I thought they would, you know, once you finish the towers, they were going to use them for, like, some battle tower thing where you got to go up with one Pokemon or something, and that was a little bit of a letdown. Yeah, I'm going to try restrictive sparring at one point. I just <laughs> just have to figure out what type I want to try first. Very. Mm, maybe. All right. Let's get through this news real quick. Pokemon Masters. Uh, full disclosure, I'm partnered with DNA. Uh, they added eggs to the game. Uh, this is off their website. You can receive eggs from Professor Bellis when completing areas of the main story or training areas that have featured battles. Pokemon you can hatch of eggs have different roles and passive skills than other Pokemon of the same species. So, currently, right now, you can hatch Tauros, female Meowth, female Bellsprout, female Nidoran, male Zubat, and male Rattata. They said other genders will appear in future eggs, and Tauros is allowed to be shiny. They added some new items you can buy. So, uh, you, you get a default egg box, and you get a default incubator. This may sound familiar from <laughs> Pokemon Go. Uh, and then there's a daycare. So when you hatch an egg, it will go to the daycare. And then in the daycare, you can select it to be your partner Pokemon. There's also an egg research ticket, uh, the, which will let you like auto hatch stuff. Uh, but I don't know, Greg, if you've done any of the eggs. I have done none of the eggs. I have looked at the egg update, but I haven't like, uh, here's my problem. <laughs> Okay. None, none of the Pokemon ha that are currently hatchable from the eggs excite me in any way. So I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> I'll get to it. Yeah. So there's no walking, uh, like Pokemon Go, <laughs> and they're they're they do a thing where this this is kind of a complaint we've had the the real money versus the the gems or the real the money gems versus the free gems, I guess. Which I just wish there was two different currencies. I wish one, absolutely. I just wish one was like gems and one was diamonds or something. I don't know. Just 
I don't like the little tiny text that says like the paid. You can so you can only do egg stuff with real money. You can so your egg box can hold four eggs. Think of this like in Pokemon Go where you can hold nine. You can spend 180 gems, which is what, like two bucks? Uh, to expand it to hold eight. And then you get one free incubator, just like in Pokemon Go. Um, and you can ex- get another incubator for $3. That incubator is permanent, though. Unlike Pokemon Go, $2 incubator in Pokemon Go, I think, lasts three times and then it breaks. This incubator is permanent. Um, but you can only buy the egg upgrade box and the incubator with paid gems. And this is what got me to actually spend money in <laughs> this you game. You fool. But I am a I am always a sucker for permanent things. If you're gonna tell me my egg box is permanently upgraded and I'm permanently with an incubator, I'm into that. So I ended up spending uh ten dollars in, in Pokemon Go or Pokemon Masters. I have two egg incubators. This is pretty much how it works. There's a twenty percent chance when you do a battle in the story or like a training battle that an egg drops. They drop into your egg box. There's either one star, two star, or three star eggs. They all have the same Pokemon I listed below, uh, above, or in this episode. And then you can pick which egg you want to put in the incubator, just like Pokemon Go. And then a 12-hour countdown starts. And then you have to do three of any battle to get it to hatch. So if you just wait the 12 hours, it doesn't hatch. You got to do 12 hours plus three battles, and that's it. And if you put two eggs in an incubator and you do three battles, it'll apply to both. Relatively easy and simple. You just got to wait 12 hours. And I've hatched so far a Nidoran, a Rattata, a Meowth, two Tauros, and a Bellsprout. There's no walking. There's no jumping through hoops. You just get your eggs. You put them in. You wait 12 hours. You're good to go. And the last thing you can buy, which I didn't, is an accelerator pass. And that's 500 gems. And it says that it adds an additional limit. It adds a limited time incubator. So this one will break. It will only last 14 days. Uh, when all your incubators are in use, you can select up to four eggs from your box and it will auto, it will just auto incubate them. So you don't have to like wake, you don't have to like set an alarm for 12 hours, wake up, put more eggs in, move on. So that's more of like an automated thing. Which we've seen in other games. I think Clash Royale, Clash Royale had that where um, you could manually open one chest at a time. But if you bought the season pass, you it would like queue up a chest for you. Uh, so I, di- I did not purchase that because uh, it uh, was not permanent. I have had a couple people say they fell off Masters. The egg stuff brought them back. They thought the egg stuff was fun and doesn't seem very money grabby. I mean, they can't take any more of my money. I gave them the... Five dollars right. to get the first incubator and the two dollars to get the thing. There's there's no more money for them to take from me. So um Well so you far, say that now. Well yeah. I'm sure they'll sell more if they sell more permanent incubators, I'd probably buy them, but I don't know what the plan is in the future. Like they have what, six Pokemon in incubators right now or in eggs right now? Yeah. Do they add more to that? Do they just swap out all six? I think it would probably be more exciting if they swap out all six. I would rather have a smaller pool, uh, knowing what I'm getting. Um, and then the other thing is data miners determined that the chance for shiny Tauros is 1%. Mm. 
mm. give or take, like 1.17 or 0.97, because I think it's like 0.97 in one star, and then it's yeah. like 1.17 in three star. Um, so a one out of 100 chance for a shiny Pokemon, I don't think is awful. Uh, I mean, no. like, even nah, if that's do- not bad at all. That's not e- bad. Even if you don't pay any money, you can do two eggs a day. That I don't think that's bad. I think it's pretty good. Have you played with any of the eggs that you've hatched? Like, how is the partnering system? Do your moves change? Do your moves change with the Pokemon? Like, are there different skills to buy with Tauros than with... Yeah, so um, one of my Tauros is no Blizzard, and then another Tauros knows, um, like, Thunderbolt. So they do hatch hmm. with different moves and different abilities. And um, I've the shiny one is locked to a like really good move set. What I've been told. Um, so the one Taurus I have is a support, and then the other Taurus I have is the what's the exclamation mark like stri- not striker, but like tech technical. Tech. Yeah. And then the shiny one can only be a striker, which is hmm. the best for Taurus, according to people. Who play the game way more than I do. Yeah. I, I'm a little worried about, like, the more eggs that come in and the more, like, the more, it, you know, it's still, it, it is still a way to feed into the grind of now that I've got this Taurus that I want that shiny, now I have to go through the same grind to get all the things to level this pair up. Um, I'm also feeling a little weird about when they start doubling up with Pokemon that other sync pairs already have. Wait, does somebody have Tauros currently? No, but <laughs> there's going to come a point when that happens. And so just thinking down the future of how that's going to be managed, or if they're just never going to, if, you know, they're only going to limit to eggs to Pokemon that other don't have, even though they've already done that with Charizard and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would hope that the eggs just stick to Pokemon that may be somebody's favorite, but... You know, a gym leader doesn't end up using. I hope so. I'm just curious how it's going to play out in the future. I I just also hope that this one percent doesn't get dramatically dropped to like point zero 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 three percent as they add more Pokemon, because I I think one percent is is good. Like one percent is exciting to hatch eggs, and mm-hmm. I. I, I, I don't think DNA came out and said, like, hey, these are the odds, but because the data miners were like, you know, you have a you have a 5% chance of getting Tauros, 1% chance of that being shiny, um, or, like, 5 plus 1 is 6, and then, like, 30% chance for Rattata, 20% chance for, like, we know what they are. And right. I like when loot boxes show that transparency, and I think that's why I'm so frustrated with Pokemon Go eggs, and I've been frustrated <laughs> with Pokemon Go eggs, it's like... Uh well you know they said fossils are in here but I keep getting anoriths uh I heard there's supposed to be aerodactyls in these and I get it like the self road like they'll you know find a thousand people they'll calculate the odds but just just tell us just just but let the me know. mystery the mystery all right this podcast is going on too long there's a <laughs> bug out event yeah okay there's we- bugs weird thing they canceled pincer raid day. Yeah. On June 24th, PokemonGoLive.com. Trainers, the following events have been canceled, postponed, or changed. Pincer Ray Day. This event has been canceled. Be sure to follow social media to stay up to date. That's literally all they said. I mean, if it's... We know w- why. <laughs> if it's COVID-related, yeah, it's bad in the United States, but 
there are other countries that it's not as like that have it under control and this is a worldwide game so yeah but they also aren't going to be like america you are bad so we've canceled it for you cuz that is just that is just pr they do that's a pr headache they do not need but why don't they just say we're canceling it because of covid that's what they they've done this <laughs> They said, hey, we're not doing Wednesday night raids because of the current economic conditions. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe they just don't want to be a bummer. Yeah. Of course, I no, I'm not even going to go down that road. D- <laughs> folks, DM me if you want the real opinion, okay? Because I can't say that here. Mm, you text it after. The bug event is going on now. Yeah, it's not great. It's, yeah. It's, <laughs> it exists. I did buy go. Fest tickets. I don't know why. I just did. Bought the go. Yeah, I bought GoFest ticket. I want to do something cool for it. Probably. Oh, I'm going to be at your house for GoFest, maybe. Oh, yeah, because you got that wedding. Mm. Yeah. You're actually going to a wedding? Oh, but let's not. Please let's- continue <laughs> forward. <laughs> what is GoFest is the 25th, 26th. So yeah. it is um, before my birthday. I can't believe you're abandoning me, Will. Why don't I you mean, just come you down? You could be my date to the wedding. Just, uh, just br- bring the disease wherever you go. <laughs> it's not Are like you... Milwaukee's doing a very good job at stopping it. Oh, boy. Zera Ora. Speaking of stopping Yay! things. It looks like we just needed to wait a weekend. I told One, you. 1.4 million completes on Zera Ora. So I shine- did my part. Shiny Zera Aura will be distributed on, I believe it starts on June 30th. So I had a bunch of people come into stream being like, where's my Zera Aura? It's done. And I was like, whoa, slow down. Pokemon.com. Read the press release here. (laughs) Gotta wait till June 30th. We did it, but you have to wait. Uh, And then for every 100,000 after 1 million is an Armorite Ore. Yeah. We don't know. This was Brandon sent this in. This was uh, one point four on Tuesday of last week. So if we got to two million, that's ten bonus armorite ore. So we'll see. We'll we'll see. I guess probably in a day or two if that gets added. Yeah. As of this podcast, the trainer toolkit is in stock. Twenty nine dollars on Pokemon Center. Not a sponsor. Uh, I don't know if it'll be sold out by the time this podcast goes up. But if you're looking for that, it has two bosses orders, two Dedenne GXs, four booster packs. I think it's worth it. Yeah, it looks like a good deal. Uh, for the price, yeah. I mean, 30 bucks. that's like a meal at Five Guys. What are you ordering at Five Guys? What? Two people at Five Guys is like 30. Two people at Five Guys is definitely 30 bucks. If you're getting the fries and the sodas. and the Look, folks, don't go to Five Guys. They don't have onion rings. Find a quality hamburger producer. Ooh. Ooh, hot take. Uh, this podcast is way too long. We're going to skip question of the week. Sorry again. Hopefully there's no more breaking. You're killing me. Look, Tencent paid for at least an hour of the show. So we had to. I come up with these brilliant songs. We, just... look, we're in the pocket of big. Big Tencent. Big Tencent. Big Tencent. No, the Tencent now owns a controlling share of ISE. <laughs> We will be on Tencent's exclusive podcast <laughs> network starting next week. They own everything else in the world. Why not? Will Pokemon of the Week. All right. So last week's Pokemon was taken from Gravante's Field Guide to Pokemon <laughs> Visual Identification. I'm not over that yet. You can't spring that on me. 
<laughs> it's hardly a spring. It's summer, dude. It's after June 21st. Japanese refer to this insect as pendror, coming from scolopendra. Um, and it uh, swaps colors from its previous evolution um, for the mi major and minor colors. Um, it is one of the peed Pokemon, uh, previously known as centipede and curlipede, and then it becomes the megapede Pokemon. Um, it has a poison point, swarm. It used to have quick feet, but that was not carried forward after Unova. Um, and it could be confused for Scorch, Drapion, or Giratina, but it is not any of those. So who was that Pokemon? It's... Avalug. Avalug? Is yeah. that even a Pokemon or is that a table? <laughs> it's a table. They've run out of ideas. It's like every time it's, it's an, an ice an type Pokemon, they've run out of ideas. It's an Ikea table and a Pokemon. It's Scolipede. Scolipede. You are 100% correct. It is. Um, and also, anybody who's on my Snapchat can watch me hatching Venipedes yeah. every day. I do. It's real good. You got that Dewpiter? I was so excited. Oh, man, I was on the phone. You all heard that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, scolipede shuffle icon is sweet. Do we have any trivia about scolipedes? I got a scolipede plush in my house. That's pretty good trivia. I didn't even know they made one. Oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's a thick little boy. Scolipede is November in the Nova horoscope. That yeah. sounds about right. Have you ever met anybody who's born in November? I'm married to one. There you go. That case proven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot about Scolipede here. Uh, it's a good Pokemon, though. It's a real good bug Pokemon. I like him a lot. I like it, too. That's why I am now shiny breeding one. Hopefully, within the year, I'll get it. All right, to this week's Pokemon. Uh, I'm phoning it in this week, so... <laughs> it's Chatter. Nah, not quite. Uh, this Pokemon, one of the most forgettable Pokemon, was only ever available in the world between April 16th, 2016 and through February 28th, 2017. We originally discovered it as part of a data miner leak in 2014, so we're really surprised when it finally appeared over two years later. It is the last Pokemon in the Central Kalos Pokedex, even though it was distributed when the Hoenn region was the primary region, and one month before, we all started exploring Alola. There you go. <laughs> so forgettable, you've already already forgotten what it is. <laughs> that is our show. I don't know if we're getting any breaking Pokemon news in the next week. Hopefully not. Yeah. So <laughs> next can't handle week, this roller coaster of emotion. Next week we have um some Pokemon Go news regarding what they plan out for July, the lead up to Pokemon Go Fest. They're doing some stuff for that. We'll be talking about our I think by then all three of us will have played enough Cafe Mix. I've only heard positive things about Cafe Mix. Alright, it's pretty I, fun. I've I've been having fun with it, yeah. It, the art is super cute. Uh, so we will talk about that next week. I made an apricorn guide, so if you're looking how the scamomatic works, that is on Twitter. <laughs> if you are curious about some of the walking animations, I made a really good walking animation video on YouTube. Uh, I'm working on trying to make a max mushroom guide right now on YouTube, uh, because the stereotypical answer is do three max raids and max mushrooms will appear, and that's not the case. And so I just want to clear up any confusion. Can you have more than one spawn? 
Can you keep doing raids? What kind of raids count? How many raids do you got to do? Where are they located? Uh, so I'm going to try to do some of that. There should actually be a YouTube video of everything you can do daily in Sword and Shield that we'll be putting up. So trying to just make more helpful guides and content. Most of my life on Twitch is answering questions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I just want to make helpful stuff. Hopefully you made it to the end of the po- this podcast. Hopefully it was good. Uh, starting on June 1st. Sorry, it's way past June 1st. July 1st. Good time to sign up for the Patreon if you're considering supporting. I would not sign up between now and before July 1st. Otherwise, Patreon will charge you twice. But if you're thinking about joining uh, to get a part of the Slack, July is our 10-year anniversary of doing the podcast. So we are under the wire to launch a new product or a new thing that I think you guys will like. Um, Working with some people on that. So we are looking for some artists. In regards to that, so if you're in the Slack, we will probably pull from Slack first uh, to help with that paid, of course, uh, as much as ex- as much as exposure pays your water bill. Uh, I am I <laughs> I am paying <laughs> paying any artist that that do the that does want to help with this project, but that should launch uh, near the end of the month in July. That's it. That's our episode. Greg is at White Wing on Twitter. I'm at Dragging a Lake. Will is at Washing the Sink. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at PKMNCast. And uh, I'll be streaming on Twitch all week if you want to come by. We had a couple people come through saying they listened to the podcast and first time on Twitch. So always good to see those people. Thank you for listening. We'll see you guys next week. This has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast. And we are super effective. Super bring back seasons for Sawsbuck. A quick shout out to everyone who supports us on Patreon. If you would like to support It's Super Effective, you can head over to patreon.com slash it's super effective, or you can head over to isc.cash if you would like to support the podcast. A shout out to our producers of this episode, Kevin, Potato, Riton, Liam, Courtney, Casey, Kay, Patrick, Jetsy, Catherine, and... Matthew, a special thanks to our executive producers, Spencer, Anthony, and Lewis. Thank you guys so much for your support. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we will see you next week.